0: Welcome to Cafecito con Math, a podcast about showing up, doing more, and doing better for people. We're on a mission to help people become visible, active, and successful in their financial lives. Join us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our season finale. My name is Efraín Segundo, and I'm the Financial Education and Engagement Manager at Math, and your podcast host, for today's very special episode. Over the course of our first season, we've been reflecting on the past, talking a lot about how the COVID-19 pandemic impacted students, families, and immigrants who were excluded from stimulus checks. I had an awakening throughout that time, and instead of looking outwards, I started looking inwards. So I started a personal growth journey on my own. I feel like pre-pandemic, many of us were just telling ourselves we're just busy. Like, we're, we're so busy working. We're so busy. Post-pandemic, you're like, I really need to build this uh, relationships because they're my community. They need me. I need them. And community building is vital. But today, we'd like to look to the future and think about the incredible inherent resilience people have demonstrated through these difficult times. Returning to our final episode to talk about just that is Jose Quiones, CEO and founder. Well, good morning, Jose. How are you doing?
1: Good morning. Doing well.
0: Awesome. I'm really psyched to be here today and have this conversation with you about all the the workings that we've done at Math. And I wanted to start off with this kickoff question. So, over the course of this podcast, we've talked a lot about the last two years, uh, the experiences of the people we served during COVID-19, how we launched the Rapid Response Fund to provide emergency cash assistance, and how Math and our partners show up for people. As our rapid response fund winds down, we've launched a new program, the Immigrant Families Recovery Program. This is the first guaranteed income designed specifically to help immigrant families excluded from federal COVID-19 relief as they rebuild their financial lives. We're sending $400 per month to low income immigrant families paired with relevant financial services. So to kick off this conversation, the question for you Jose would be, as we make this big shift, What's top of mind for you?
1: And what is the vision for the program? I've been thinking a lot about that in terms of how we need to show up again for people past the pandemic, because I think we definitely need to sort of figure out, well, what, what are gonna be the next sort of, not just emergencies, but how to how to help people recuperate. I mean, after seeing how they were devastated financially, yeah, you know, like losing all of their savings, racking up a lot of debts, you know, you know just to survive. You know, so questions like how do we help people recover from from that devastation, and then really do it in a way to help them set up for future success. So I'm really excited by that because I think this is going to give us more to do, you know. And but it's going to it's going to challenge us to be more creative, you know, be more thoughtful, and really be more engaged with people to figure out how else could we show up. You know, while we continue to do our lending circles to improve our business loans and even, you know, this new guaranteed income program, like, so what else can we do? And I think that's going to come from being in deep conversation with clients and trying to understand how they're going to recover.
0: Has there been any big resounding lessons that you learned from the Rapid Response Fund, whether
1: it was something that, that we've learned or something that we'd like others to know about? One of the things I did take away from it it was great that we were able to show up and provide this one-time relief, right? Because, And, goes, and then now, of course, we're selecting, you know, working with over 3,000 families to provide them guaranteed income for up to two years. But even that is like, well, it's just two years, right? But the reality is like, you know, they have to like live with themselves forever, right? I mean, they have to be the ones as clients, as people to really advocate for themselves, you know, in, not just in the financial marketplace, but in society in general, we're seeing the rise of anti-immigrant sentiment, you know, this uh, backlash against, you know, uh, progress, you know, for people of color, that, that we need to make sure that we you know, also think about self-advocacy past their engagement with us, with math specifically. I think about that because it, it sort of kind of puts our programs at scale, right? It, it puts it in perspective to say, like, look, it's great that we're able to show up, you know, for this, you know, one-time grant. It's great that we're able to provide them with this credit building opportunity. But what do we do in, in in that time to help change their mindsets a little bit, to help them, you know, feel a little bit more confident in themselves? What do we do to help them feel like they can have, you know, that agency to be able to you know, call their member of Congress and demand that they vote on X, or call their school board president to make sure that they, you know, that they pass particular policies or whatever. Right? How are we helping them have a sense that they too can do that as well? You know, as well as them building their credit. I'm grappling with that because money and finance is important, but I want it to be something of a way for us to help shape and educate and train people to advocate for themselves beyond just building their financial security. And I think if we're able to do that well, we know in the next coming months and years, I, I think we'll be able to sort of highlight a completely new approach of engaging poor people in this country in a way that could be really significant. And so I, I really wanna ask you, I mean, what have you learned? How have your thinking about coaching, how has that changed in the past? You know, the past year when we're trying to do this sort of self-advocacy trainings, you know, through financial empowerment? Staying true
0: to vast values and keeping the client first. My mom used to always say that, like, la misma llave no abre todas las puertas. Like, the same key doesn't open up all the doors, right? Every key has their own individual door that it opens. And I think that's the best way that I like to think about carrying out the work or start contributing to the work that you know the program team does engagement team does because we're trying to figure out what is the the key for everybody and we do that through trials and tribulations trying to figure out you know what is the best most accessible way for people to participate with us what is the best thing that we can give them or help them find in that moment that will have the biggest ripples and I guess that's the ways that's one of my favorite way of thinking of it you know what stone can math throw in that pond that will have the best everlasting ripples, the best effects over it? Because you're right. It could just be a, a one-time grant, you know, that might be able to pay a bill or two for this month, but, but then what, you know, and we want to address that. And then what we, we were, we trying to figure that out. So the way we're doing is just, well, I remember when I was coaching uh, during the pandemic, it was, it was a bit tough because you definitely heard about people's tough times and, it kinda of hurts because you wanna do everything you can to help that person, but there's limitations to it by encouraging the self advocacy and teaching people skills, teaching people a sense of feeling. Cause I think that beyond the grants, beyond the programs, beyond, you know, everything that math offers, I think we're in the business of feeling. We're in the business of helping people have realizations that they have that, you know, their power has been with them the entire time. They just needed the the, someone to show hey this is how you do it that you can do this for yourself and we'll be right there with you to make sure that you if you have any questions you feel comfortable you can continue doing so and these skills will translate over time and over different fields
1: the idea that we're in a business of feelings i mean, i think that's that's right on target is not the facts and figures that we convey that are important to our clients it's, it's about how we make them feel afterwards and and then when we treat people with dignity with respect with honor you know that's the feeling that they take to their next battle you know to their next problem to their next engagement right and of course along the way we you know give them tricks on how to do that how to engage right but it it is about building that confidence that comes from that you know feeling like they are worthy that they are you know that they are humans with full of dignity that there are people that are just as deserving as, as, as all of us you know to be seen and heard in this world you and your team and what you do is so integral into making that happen because you're like the clutch right you're you're the one inter- interfacing with people you know on a daily basis and um and and, it, and it, as you know it's, it's actually hard just to like listen and hear you know, all of the pain that people are, having, you know, going through, and it—it is—it takes a special human being to do that. Frankly, you know, and that's why I respect you and respect the work that you do and your team. does because it's—it's—it's it's, it's a lot to take on. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, big shout out to the team because I think you're absolutely right. It puts us in a position where we get to genuinely connect with people, and that's definitely a blessing. Because while we do, it might be difficult at times to hear about the difficult times that people are experiencing. It's extremely rewarding, Jose, when like we're in a session with a client and you see the the wow on their face when they find out a piece of information that they didn't know before or a skill and they realize that either one, it was easier than they thought, or two, it applies directly to their life. And three, it's like they know they can genuinely do it. Let's say somebody's completely brand new to math, somebody's brand new to this this nonprofit world that we're all a part of right how would you describe math's strength-based approach to someone completely new to our work or completely new to the work of like asset building client-centered approaching like you know how would you describe it to them and how would you describe it its evolution from math's
1: first year to now it sounds like a big question but to be honest with you, it's like, it's, it's one of the most simplistic questions I've ever heard. You know, and, and what I mean by that is this, is that it's like a question that I always have the same answer to for the past 50 years. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the same question, <laughs> same answer. What is it that we're trying to do? And ultimately, it was about making sure that people had, an, you know, an opportunity for real success, that we wanted for our clients to experience success, to have exit, you know, in their lives, right? And then that meant that they had to be at the center of our thinking, the center of our design, the center of our, you know, of everything. And and then, and so the question then was, well, then what do you do after that? Well, you have to then apply, you know, your values of engagement. And then that's really how, is what, what we've done since day one, which is about the idea of meeting people where they are. Look at people, you know, as whole people, right? Not in some notion or some stereotype of them or some idolized version of them. No, you have to, you know, you have to see people, see communities and their whole sense of who they are in in both good and bad. You know, you have to acknowledge the pain, acknowledge that, you know, the barriers, the pitfalls that people fall into in life, but you also have to acknowledge the good things that people are doing. You have to acknowledge and recognize when they did not fall into that pit, when, where, where they were able to overcome the barriers, right? You have to acknowledge the, the good strategies that they have in order to like survive in life.
0: Absolutely. Man, this, that is spot on. I think if people could apply this approach to any sort of profession, right, and it would stick and it would bring success because at the end of the day, it's putting the person who you want, your product, your service, your thoughts to focus on it's on them right because they are the masters of their own lives they know it best right and at the end of the day it's not up to us to go in and say this is what your life should be it's to ask like what would you like your life to be and how can we support you in getting there you know and i think that's one of the biggest insights that i've learned throughout my experience in these chatlas and these all these spin out events and coaching one who's in it's like people are incredibly resilient incredibly resilient whether we are there or not, a lot of people are going to do their absolute best to strive and to survive and to thrive in their life. But it's amazing the impact that support from organizations like Math, like many of our partners, like many community-based organizations can have in that feeling that can push people to go into even more. I try to keep my mom top of mind because I see my mom and a lot of my community members and the people that we serve because I grew up with it. So it makes me really happy to see like the impact that the products, the services. But more more than anything, Jose, I think we bring authenticity to the game. And I think if you are authentic and no matter what your your field or your profession is, like you will see success and you will see impact because authenticity itself speaks for itself. And you see authenticity in in our services and our products, whether it be our coaching or chatlas, our talleres, our conversaciones comunitarias, my math, you know, people go into, into our products and our services, and they definitely feel authentic energy, which makes it gravitate even more to us. So I'm really happy that this has been the approach for the last 15 years. I'm happy that it hasn't evolved. It's just gotten better and better as we've gone through it. And I'm really excited to see what the, this energy will bring into the future. When you look into the future, you know, it's been 15 years for math. When you look into the next 15, what are you feeling?
1: When I was in college, I remember reading, studying this book called Pedagogy of the Oppressed by Paulo Freire. One of the things that, that I remember, you know, him mentioned in the book, and, and this is kind of, it kind of goes, you know, to, to kind of explain the idea that being resilient, you know, is part of our human condition. You know, it's not something that we are just because of, because we're, you know, just working and struggling. No, it's like, Human beings, by definition, are resilient, right? that's the way, that's how we, you know, survive through millennia. Our whole educational system is set up in a way that, that sort of presumes that our minds are like, you know, empty bank accounts. And then uh, them being empty bank accounts, it presumes that the teacher is the one that is depositing knowledge into our empty bank accounts. Our whole educational system as a whole is is built on that idea, right? And, of course, he's very critical of it. He's like, no, that's not correct, you know, because no human mind is an empty bank account. No human mind is empty, right, at all, because we all have experiences. We all have dreams. We all have aspirations. And, And then there's a lot of wisdom in those truths. So just with that, you know, simple analogy, you know, uh, he was able to conduct, sort of, communicate this idea of, of the of the value, the inherent value of our human existence as people, right? And so, so that's in a sense what we're trying to do with our work, sort of following with that tradition or that idea of what Paulo Freire set forth in uh, in that book, you know, A Pedagogy of the Oppressed. But I, I think, you know, the next fifteen years, frankly, it's it's like, well, how else can we Show and demonstrate more of that, you know. And then, how can we take our learnings, uh, what we're demonstrating to be working, and how can we show that it can be applicable, you know, in other cases, you know, or how can how can this be how, how can this lead us to developing, you know, policy agenda? This is about persuading others outside of math of the value of this mindset, right? the value that this is actually a good approach, a better approach because it's more natural to people. And so, so I think that's, you know, it's a lifelong work that's going to happen, you know, over many, many years.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jose. At the end of the day, it's just providing more people with a sense of access to, to findings, to one another, to that energy. Uh, But most importantly, like a sense of community, right? And I think that people, when they connect with math, it's an automatic sense of community because it's as authentic as it gets. If you could provide a call to action for the people that are listening to this podcast, I know our partners are listening, I know community members are listening, or somebody who's just interested in the work we do. And there's one call to action that you would like to leave them off with for this first season
1: of podcast. I encourage people to, uh, to show up, you know, to show up, to show up, to show up, and do more in their communities whatever it is that they're doing, whether they're working on a nonprofit or a foundation or in government, whatever it is that you're doing, do more of it for poor people because they need more. And also we need to do things better, right? So whatever it is that we're doing, learn from it, improve it, be more efficient, be better, do better.
0: Definitely show up, do what you can, do better. And I think it'll be easy to find that the world will be a better place as a result of it, so. Thank you so much, Jose. I really appreciate today's conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Cafecito con MAF. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts, so you can catch the next episode as soon as it's posted. And be sure to follow us online if you wanna learn more about our work, join a free financial education class, or get more news and updates on Cafecito con Math. We're at missionassetfund.org and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.